Hey guys, welcome in to another 8th Wonder Podcast. Your home for everything Houston Astros. I am, of course, your host, Josh Reese, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Joshua. You can find the show on iTunes if you type in The 8th Wonder. Uh, you'll see the logo up there. Click on it and subscribe. Leave a nice little comment. Let me know what you think of the podcast and the show. I'd appreciate it. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, if you're looking for anything other than Astros talk, bad news. There won't be. But good news, there's only Astros talk. It's a very underserved uh, sport here in Houston, Texas. And it's my goal, my dream, to bring more Houston Astros talk to the masses. So... I hope you guys will enjoy. This is a podcast for you Houston Astros fans out there because this is a very underserved fan base here in Houston. You know, everyone talks about the Texans a, a lot. Uh, I mean, like a lot, lot. Everyone talks about the Rockets, and admittedly so. They're, they're a very good team this year. But the Astros are on the cusp of being one of the best teams that maybe the city of Houston has ever seen. Of course, they've yet to play any games yet, but they're on the cusp. They can do that, and yet you you still don't hear much about it. So it's my goal to hopefully bring you more Houston Astros talk. So you can always click subscribe, and you will find two podcasts every week in your feed uh, two podcasts a week during the off season and during the regular season. I'm probably going to do this every day. We'll see. We'll see time constraints, but definitely during home games, I'll, I'll do it every day. Um, during road games, maybe three, four times a week. I'm not really sure how it's going to work out yet, but this is going to be your only podcast in Houston that will give you a ton of fucking Astros content. So if you like Astros content, if you like hearing people talk about Astros, feel free to subscribe and click. Uh, throughout the coming weeks, we should have some uh, guests come on. But right now, you're just stuck with me. Uh, so we'll go ahead and bounce on into today's show. Today, we're going to be talking about left field and uh, just giving a general overview for left field. But before we get into left field, as we start off every show, we always talk about the news and what's going on here in Astros land. And admittedly so, there's not very much going on right now. Um, but one of the new the news of the of the past week was uh, Carlos Correa's brother. Uh, I, I imagine he always lived here in Houston. Maybe I'm not really sure. Uh, but apparently he is going to be uh, he's going to be playing baseball. He's going to be playing second base for the Alvin Community College. Is it the Sharks? I'm not really sure. I probably should have did a little bit more research. But uh, and I went to Alvin too. No, it's the Dolphins. There we go. <laughs> I went to Alvin. I can't even remember the damn college uh, college uh, mascot. That's my bad. Uh, old college professor Bill would be. Uh, fairly disappointed in me. Uh, but anyways, uh, per, per, per Mark Berman, uh, he has a quote from Carlos Correa saying, uh, I'm always there to help him, meaning his, uh, his little brother. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, uh, Carlos Correa's uh, brother is. Oddly enough, his name is Gene Carlos Correa. Very interesting name. It kind of makes me wonder if Carlos has a first name, has like a very first name. 
or is his first name Carlos Correa? And then I guess his brother's name, Gene Carlos Correa. I don't really know. That seems interesting. I, I'd, I'd love to know. There's a little backstory behind that. Because uh, uh, what is it? The Odours. There's two uh, Rugnig Odour brothers, and they're named exactly the same. And they're not twi- <laughs> twins. That would be even funnier. But they're, they're like a couple years apart, and they're both named the exact same. I find that very interesting. And apparently, Carlos and his brother are named the exact same, except for one uh, one difference. So, is their dad's name Carlos Correa? I don't know. These are questions that I have that I probably should research just a bit. Uh, but anyways, uh, that was that was popping a little bit this week. And the other thing that I thought was popping, I went, I went ahead and wrote a story on it. You can find that on hamiltonway.blogspot.com. And it was uh, just about Jim Crane saying he does want another pitcher or two. He's begging for it. And normally when the owner is asking and begging for something, usually the general manager will go out and find it. And I know I've seen stories throughout the past couple weeks that the Astros are still looking and I doubt that stopped. I mean, more than likely, Jeff Luno is, you know, bugging GMs on a daily basis, trying to find the right package to grab someone and come on over. Um, but more often than not, when the owner wants something, it usually does happen. So if you are looking for another pitcher to be on the Houston Astros next season or this upcoming season, chances are it will probably happen. Uh, so we'll go ahead and bounce on into today's podcast topic. Of course, there wasn't much news this week. Uh, maybe uh, this weekend there will be some news. We'll talk some more news on uh, next podcast on Monday. But today is about left field. And left field was an interesting position last year. Colby Rasmus played 672 innings there. Tony Kemp played 227 innings there. Jake Marisnik played 194. Preston Tucker played 130. Tay Oscar Hernandez played 125. Marwin Gonzalez played 109. And rounding out the final nine innings was Yulieski Guriel played eight innings there. And Alex Bregman played one inning in left field. Oddly enough, he had one error. So... Uh, his fielding percentage is not very good at left field. He was a much better third baseman. And don't fret. It's not like Alex Bregman is going to play uh, any more time at first at first base. And left field next year, um, he'll primarily be spending most of his time at third. Um, but anyways, last year or the year before, when Colby Rasmus had that good good year and he had that good playoff run the Astros extended him a qualifying offer and I don't think the Astros fully expected Rasmus to sign that qualifying offer I think they were hoping for him to um for him to reject it and then him uh, go somewhere else um and then you know the Astros to you know get the whatever pick was associated with Rasmus um Rasmus in that slot. I think the Astros were fully expecting something else to happen there because that was a lot of money to give to Rasmus for him not to uh, not to play up to the uh, to the player he was the year before. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. But I think it was like fifteen million dollars ended up paying paying Rasmus last year. Not a great investment. Um, but anyways, like I mentioned, he took the qualifying offer. 
He ended up having a pretty bad year. He struggled pretty much damn near all year long. He had a good stretch every now and then, but for the majority of the year, he was he was he pretty much had a down year. It was uh, he had ear problems. He ended up having surgery on his ear, and it caused him balance problems. He was still a really good fielder, um, but he was awful at the plate. His swings always looked jacked up, and, and he was a strikeout monster. It was it was awful. He was a legit home run or bust. I mean, we all always make fun of Carlos, uh, Carlos, um, Car- Carlos Carter, of Chris Carter being a home run or bust guy. But last year, Rasmus uh, certainly was the embodiment, embodiment of uh, home run or bust. But uh, he ended up playing a good chunk of the year. He gutted through most of it, but after a while, he just couldn't deal with it anymore. He had the surgery, and then he was pretty much shut down from there. Um, but during the rest of the year, the Astros got help from pretty much everyone else, and it did not work out well for the Astros. Um, towards the end of the season, Teoscar Hernandez came on, and he played pretty well, but Jake Marisnik, Preston Tucker, Tony Kemp, the guys that played there before Teoscar got there, were just uh, were just not that great of players. Kemp had his moments, but overall, he, he, he did not... He did not show that he was a very great hitter uh, overall. Maybe that wasn't all his fault. You know, maybe if he had more regular play, he would have shown to be a better hitter. But Jake Marisnik is not a good hitter, and Preston Tucker had a had a pretty pretty down year as well. And then he got injured himself, and um, it was it was pretty much a grab bag. But Teoscar Hernandez did play well when he did finally make it to the show. But it was just too little too late. And, you know, the Astros were counting on Colby Rasmus for a lot of offense last year. And he didn't give him very much. And hence why the Astros struggled a lot. And, you know, they just weren't weren't able to get back to the playoff level that they were the year before. Because they counted on Colby Rasmus a year a lot that year before. And he, he worked out. And he, it did really well. But this year, not so much. And the Astros struggled and did not make the playoffs. So... Uh, coming into this upcoming season, the Astros are going to are, are of course built a little different, mainly because of the of the pieces that Jeff Luno went out and went out and got, uh, namely Nori Aoki and Carlos Beltran are going to be the guys that are going to get the lion's share of the time in left field. Uh, Beltran has said that he does want to play in the field, so I I doubt the Astros are going to be like no. You're going to play only at DH. I think the Astros are going to let him play uh, some left field. How much? I don't know. But I think Nori Aoki will get uh, probably most of the playing time at and left field over Carlos Beltran. Like like maybe like a, a 500, 300, uh, you know, inning, innings, probably more than that. But something. Something like that, because the Astros are going to work in a lot of other people as well. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is probably going to get some more run. Preston Tucker, when he's healthy, could get some run. Jake Marisnik and Tony Kemp were still on this team. They have a crap ton of outfielders that if you don't move them for somebody, they they have to have space on this team or they're just going to waste away in the minors. So it, it behooves the Astros to move a few of these guys. If not, you're creating log jams because the Astros have pretty much a stacked outfield already. And plus you added, you know, Carlos Beltran to the team and he's going to want some outfield time. So you're going to have to make room somehow. So maybe a trade, 
uh, will end up making a little bit of room. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez probably has a little bit of value. I don't know how much uh, value Preston Tucker has, but Teoscar Hernandez is probably noteworthy for somebody. Jake Marisnik, too, if they're looking for a good defensive uh, outfielder. But the lion's share, uh, as I'm backtracking, the lion's share next year should be split between Aoki and Carlos Beltran. Aoki will help the Astros a lot, um, kind of extend the lineup a little bit. You know, maybe you could have him batting, you know, eighth or ninth. So you could have someone on for Jose Altuve, who I still believe is leading off, even though there's pretty much, um, there has not been any any waves mentioning that uh, Jose Altuve could bat lead off but that's just my own my own provocation my own provocation provocation whatever that's my own thought is that jose altuve a bat lead off and norioki could help him uh could have could be on base for jose altuve because everyone complains that oh jose altuve won't get any rbis if he's leading off well do you know how deep this fucking astros lineup is it's pretty fucking deep I know in years past we're not used to having guys on that are batting seven, eight, eighth, or ninth, but this year we should have we I'm not we, but the Astros should have uh base runners on for Jose Altuve wherever he bats. If he bats eighth, if he bats first, if he bats third, if he bats fourth, wherever Jose Altuve is batting next year, he should have plenty of people on base for him to uh drive in. So I'm not, not I'm not worried about Jose Altuve's RBI production. I'm worried about Jose Altuve stealing bases, and I think that happens more if he's batting leadoff. But uh, that's that's not really my point here. My point here is um, I think Aoki batting ninth will help out the Astros a lot, and Carlos Beltran. I think he could end up batting fourth or fifth in this lineup, and. And uh, when he plays in left field, I think it give him a little bit more juice because I think guys always like to play in the field and um, and play. You know what? We're going to live look up these stats because I, sh- I should have looked it up last year or I should have looked it up last year. I should have looked it up before the podcast. Uh, Carlos Beltran last year. Carlos Beltran stats. We're going to look up what he did as a DH compared to what he did in when he was playing in the field. Um because we all know Evan Gaddis mentioned last year that, or Jesus, okay, he did mention that last year. I'm going crazy on this podcast. Evan Gaddis mentioned last year he just he he plays better whenever he's the agent. He doesn't know why, but um, they kind of thought that it was mainly because he was um, he was more locked in, locked into playing the game, and uh, well, Carlos Beltran overall he bats. 299 uh, excuse me 295 on the season uh 29 home runs 93 rbis um and as a right fielder he bat 307 and as a dh he bat 288 so maybe he can play um you know pretty much as a dh carlos beltran he's been playing for damn near 20 years so it probably doesn't matter to him very much where he plays maybe Devin gaddis matters a little bit more but there was just a a random theory I had. Um, and while he did play more right field than anywhere else last year, um, I do think that his role next year will probably be playing um, more left field than anything, just because they signed Josh Reddick and they have George Springer, who's an excellent right fielder. So I think that the only position that Carlos Beltran can really play 
aside from DH is in left field while he doesn't have very many uh very much playing experience out there most if you can play one you can play them all as i've heard many baseball people tell me um before so we're gonna end this podcast talking about the start of the day which is brought to you by no one other than the number one and that was only one astros pitcher last year had a top 30 war and i'll give you a second we'll see if anybody can guess that uh we'll give you five seconds here let me know if you can think of the only astros player who had a top 30 war and i'll let you know his war was a 3.0 so five four three two one all right results anybody out there anybody well Colin McHugh was the only Astros pitcher to have a top 30 war. And that is not good enough for the Astros coming into next season. They're going to need, they're going to need more players uh, pitching, pitching better next year. And they're going to, if they're going to have a chance to go very far in the playoffs, because it's all good and everything to have a good offense, but you need good pitching as well. And the Cubs, the Cubs showed that they had four pitchers that had a top 30 war last year. And the Astros might not need that much, but they're going to need uh, Colin McHugh, Lance McCullers, and um, Dallas Keuchel to step up. Uh, the year before, the Astros had one, two. They had two in the top 30. Dallas Keuchel and Colin McHugh uh, were both both aces for the team, and they, uh, they did pretty well. Lance McCullers probably... I imagine he's he would have been in there and he played more innings, but he wasn't really qualified to to be in there. But anyways, uh, so that's pretty much today's podcast. I appreciate you all guys for giving this a listen. Uh, feel free to share this amongst uh, Astros fans out there because you know we're getting thirty forty views a show, but we would like more. We'd like a hundred people listening to this Astros show. That is my goal before the end of spring training. Every show, we're going to have 100 to 150 people listening every show to this podcast. Every show to this podcast? Every every show. There we go. Uh, so, again, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Joshua. You can always find this show on iTunes. Just typing in The Eighth Wonder. And give my blog a click if you wouldn't mind. I got a bunch of stories up there uh, that will withstand the test of time. So, they're not stories that are going to be uh, outdated anytime soon. Uh, so that is at hamiltonway.blogspot.com. I appreciate you all. Thank you and good night.